You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. How's it going? I even got a wave back there. That's amazing. Y'all doing okay? Good, good. Hey, um, I, I know I, I normally am the, like, let's start with a fun story guy, uh, and, I, and I promise we'll get there. Uh, but but I, I just want to start uh, just a little more serious tonight, um, and, and here's, here's why. Um, maybe this isn't true for your family, but for my family, um, and for a lot of families that I know, um, this season, like the last six months of corona whatever, right, that we've been in, uh, has, has been um, just kind of anxious, and, and kind of like there have been days, that, I'll just speak for my family, um, when, when me or my wife have woken up um, without a sense of purpose, like I, I don't know if you've been there in that seat, like you just kind of woke up and were like, what are we doing today? And, and if you're there, um, I, I, would, I would just love for you, wherever you're at, to, to just like, we're not going to raise hands or anything, right? I didn't, I grew up Methodist, we don't even raise hands. So, um, but, but I, I, I think if you would just, just right now, if you could just like acknowledge that that's you before the Lord, like in, in your heart, just go, yeah, God, that's, that's where I've been at for a little bit. I've been anxious I've been feeling kind of purposelessness. Um, I, I just want to start this honest conversation about Psalm 139. And, and I want to just read, like I know some of y'all ADD people are going to like tune out in verse 4, and I want to just challenge you, just, just hang tight through this whole psalm because I think, it, I think it gives us some hope and some purpose in the middle of this season. And so here's the beginning of, of Psalm 139. O oh Lord... You have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, Even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. For night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Isn't that encouraging? Gosh, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they're more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. 
They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the life everlasting, in the way everlasting. Isn't that just beautiful. <laughs> like maybe that's just me. I, I, it's a spectacular set of verses to me, super encouraging. And, and here's, here's the honest conversation that we get to have this week. For, a, for a, maybe not you, but for a lot of us, I think this has been just an anxious kind of drifting season. Um, and, and, and here's what we get to talk about is like if, if we... <laughs> We're to make some predictions on January 1, right? Like, what's our social media going to hold in February? Like, it would have been, man, the economy's unstoppable. Do y'all remember thinking that? Is that like, I, I remember being like, I cannot wait to go on vacation in March. It's going to be great, right? And, and like, we just, we just didn't know. We just didn't know. And, and here is, um, just, just through social media alone, the way that I saw kind of our culture escalate. Because I remember a time when I thought this whole thing, like whatever this is, like this will be done the week after spring break, right? Like we'll be, we'll be over it. And, and I remember seeing these posts that were like, hey, since you're home with your kids for the next two weeks, here's a couple ideas of things that you can do. And then it kind of like, like it escalated, right? And, and we went through what I like to call the sourdough season, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen it? We're like, I don't know why, but all of a sudden everyone's cooking sourdough bread. And then, and then I, like it, it shifted. And, and here's where I think we get to see something in us maybe and, and in our culture. All of a sudden it became, if you aren't writing a book, um, if you're not teaching your kids French or, or, or whatever, right, whatever the thing is, if, if you're not reorganizing every bit of your home, you're wasting the season, right? Like you're going to look back and, and miss out. And, and I still haven't taught Elliot, my two-year-old French. I don't think I'm going to look back and miss out, you guys. Like I think it'll be okay. But, but here's the thing is what I see in that is that in this anxious, stress-filled kind of wandering People are, just started like manically grasping for something to hold on to, right? They, like they start like whatever it is, we'll find a thing to fill our hard spots. Because a lot of the stuff that we used to use to numb out and ignore the things in our life that are painful were suddenly taken from us, right? Like some of us are really good at ignoring hard stuff by filling our calendar. And all of a sudden, we got nothing on the calendar, you guys. And so, so we figured out, man, we're going we're gonna to do all of these things to fill this space. And, and like the goalposts moved. And so I, I just want to answer that with, with this beautiful psalm. And I want to just, I want to give you the big idea up front, if that's helpful for you, or if you're a note taker, here it is. God, in all of his big attributes, out of creative love, made you to display who he is in powerful ways. So when you wake up and you're like, man, I am looking for my purpose. When I'm, when I'm feeling anxious, this is, this is the thing that I'm hoping that you remember, that God 
in all of his big attributes, which we'll get into, out of creative love, made you to display who he is in powerful ways. And so that, that is what, like, the truth that I hope the Lord just secures in my heart and your heart tonight. And so can, can we just take a minute and, and pray and thank the Lord that he is with us right now? Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are present here tonight and that you are speaking to us through your word, God. As we read Psalm 139, Lord, I pray that that was a balm, just an ointment of healing for somebody's soul and for me, Lord, that we would learn to not be anxious, but to rest in who you are and how you've designed us. So help us, God. We, We need you tonight. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, hey, real quick, here's, here's what's going on. Here's what's going down on in 139. Um, we, we've got this guy, um, David, a pretty, pretty important guy in the Bible, if you, if you know the Bible. I mean, he's writing these psalms about, about who God is, about um, who we are, and really, uh, I mean, it's like he's writing a lot about his feelings, just to be honest. Like, it's a little bit like peering into somebody's kind of prayer journal. Like, it's very uh, uncomfortably personal at times. Uh, and, and we get to see some of that um, that's going on here. Um, and, I, and I think it's actually super helpful uh, because in the middle of the passage, it, it talks about this specific thing that's happening here. Um, and so verse uh, 19 through 22, it says, Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God, O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them as my enemies. Here's what we see in the middle of this passage. David is a man under fire. David is a man who is, who is actively being attacked, right? Like these, these aren't just like light, like, oh God, man, there's some mean guys at the office and I don't get along with them. Right, no, no, no. It says, they speak against you, O God, with malicious intent, O men of blood. Now, David was a king. And so if you're a king, your enemies aren't the, the mean secretary downstairs, okay? Like, your enemies are, are men of blood, and he knows that these men are after him. They're bloodthirsty. They're wicked. It's not name-calling. He's describing people who are against him. I mean, and it starts, um, I, I love this, like, his hope in, in his smallness and inability to solve this problem that's going on, um, he, he reminds himself in, in the very top of, of the verses, I mean, at the very end, that his hope is in being known by God. Like, his, like, whatever you think your hope is, like, if you're super strong or super smart or, uh, man, you're just killing it, you got a bunch of money in the bank, like, whatever you think your hope is, King David thought that his hope was in being known by God. And, and I, I, I love that. He's, he's reminding himself that God knows his story. We see a lot of different parts of David's life mentioned in this before he was born, right? His birth, then death, if I, if I find myself in Sheol. And he's reminding himself that, that God is in every bit of it. Like, like no matter where he goes or what he's doing or what time it is, the Lord is there. And that's his hope, that he's known by God. Um, in fact, uh, everybody say the word, uh, this is a fun one, yada. Good job. Proud of you guys. That was great. You sound good. Uh, here, here's what that word means. It's a, it's a Hebrew word, and it means basically to know. 
And, and it's, it's a, like a, a, it correlates with intimacy. Like it's this knowing in a deep and meaningful way. Um, it's where we get our word yada, right? Yada, yada, yada. There's a Seinfeld joke in there, but I like my job, so I won't say it. And so, but, but there's, there's a beautiful, right? There's a beauty to this that he's finding his hope in, in being yada, in being known by God. I mean, he says it actually seven different times in this set of verses, and I love that. It's this statement about being known by the Lord. And then while we're on the subject, um, let's talk about the verse that even if you don't know where it's from, you've heard the verse, right? Which is verse 14, Psalm 139, 14. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I want to I just use this as kind of the turning point for what we're going to talk about the rest of tonight, which, which is this. Um, a lot of people want to take that verse and, and think about it as being primarily about us. Okay, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and so, man, look how awesome God made me. I'm uh, seven on the Enneagram, and I'm a, right, like, and start listening to Myers-Briggs and, and being so personality-driven, and, and, and that is exactly what our culture is about right now, so it just feels good to say anyways. But, but I want to just point something out. The, the word, when it talks about fearfully, it, it's not that we're afraid, <laughs> it's that we're in awe, right? And, and I want to just be super clear. When we're in awe in the Bible, <laughs> it's not in awe of ourselves, right? The guys who that happened to in the Bible usually didn't end well for them. Just going to give you a spoiler alert, right? But, but we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's this, this looking at the mystery of the act of creation. It's wow. Like, how wild is it that, that God, in, in all of his bigness and, and faraway feelingness, that he would make us, right? That this is an incredible gift, this life. And, and the author really uh, starts to find his hope here and that God knows him. Though there's this awe, it's also an intimacy. And, and so I, I just want to give you some hope and some purpose as we look at these verses. And, and so if you are um, a note taker, uh, the, first, the first point is this, we find hope and purpose in who God is. Uh, like shocking that we would say that in church, right? Not broad at all, right? Like that we find our purpose in who God is. There are a lot of ways we could talk about God. A lot of ways that we could talk about who God is, about his character, about his attributes. Um, and, and I really actually just want to go back to some very old school, traditional ways of talking about God, um, because I think they're actually super helpful, and, and I think they're what this passage is trying to communicate to us. And, and so uh, I'm going to use three big words, and I just apologize in advance. I'm not a big word guy, but, but here we are. And so the first one, uh, when we find hope and purpose in who God is, is, is omniscience. And, and that's a scary large word with more than one syllable, uh, but, but what it means um, is, is that God knows everything. Come on, there we go. Yeah, he knows everything. He knows everything. Like he knew that that was about to come out of somebody's mouth, right? And, and here's the thing. He's not Mama Cleo. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know who that is, if you don't know her about it. 90s psychic lady on late night television, right? And like, he's not making predictions. Hey, I think 
you know what, if we set this guy up over here, well, then, then he's going to meet Becky, and they're going to get married. I think that's what's going to happen. Like, God's not wondering, and I know that that, like, raises a lot of theological questions for you, and I don't have time to get into all of those, but God knows like, he knows what's going to happen. Um, uh, somebody, somebody once said it this way, um, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? Right? Like, like that God's not wondering, oh, man, what is going to happen? Like, he's outside of time. And so he knows everything. I love this in verse 4. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. He's not surprised, right? And, and it's not like, I think he's going to say something like this. Like, he knows. Verse 16, your eyes, this is the crazy one to me, and we didn't even have time to get into all of it, but your eyes saw my unformed substance. <laughs> uh, so, like, before you were born, he knew you, in a sense. Uh, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. God's not surprised by our good days. He's not surprised by our bad days. But he's with us. And, and that's the second thing I want you to hear. Big O word again, I'm sorry. Uh, omnipresence. Omnipresence. Um, there has never been a moment or a place that God wasn't. And I know, here's where that speaks to me. In our moments of tragedy and loneliness, and especially in this season when we're feeling anxious and desperate and hopeless and we don't know where to go, I just want you to know, maybe you came in here feeling that tonight, God's here and he was there. And, and when it happens again, he'll be there. He is always, always there. And I just think that's a beautiful gift. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. When it talks about Sheol, like that's in uh, with the Jewish, like Old Testament, there's so much to get into there. We'll just call it the afterlife for now, different understanding. Um, but, but basically, uh, he was going, listen, even if I die and go to hell, <laughs> you're there, Lord. Like, there's nowhere that I can be outside of your presence. And, and I just think, like, if you let that be just something to encourage you in this season. Like, I, I, I grew up, uh, I'm, I'm more athletic than I was as a kid, we'll say that. Uh, <laughs> and, and here's what I mean. I, I had asthma like crazy, and if you've never had an asthma attack, it's this thing where, like, it starts off, and you're just like, something tickle in my throat, right? And, and then eventually, like, you are just trying to figure out how to get air into your lungs. And I know for some of us, man, that is peace right now. You are doing everything you can to figure out how to get peace into your life, into your heart. And I would just say, man, if you just dwell on the fact that at every moment along your journey, God has been with you. I think that's a great place to start. And you can go some places from there, but you've got to know that God is forever with us. 
Um, you have searched me and know me. You know, I love this, you know when I sit down and when I rise up. Okay, that's not a, he sees you when you're sleeping, okay? But, but he does, just for the record, right? Uh, I, I love this last one, Om, omnipotence, another big O word. Now, om, omnipotence would be a much better way to say that. But um, here's what that means. There is nothing that God can't do. Nothing God can't do. Thank you. I was, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, come on, guys. I can read. But here we go. Thanks, man. Here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. We'll, we'll come back to that. But God can, can do anything, right? Like, he, there's nothing that he doesn't have the power to do. This is the God who, who said, let there be light, right? And, and in speaking that, it happened, like, n- nobody here is doing that. Like, if you're doing that, let's talk later. But uh, we want to pray for you, mostly. But, but here's the deal. It is, this is that God. Um, for by him, this is talking about God the Son, Jesus. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he's before all things. And in him all things hold together. That's in Colossians. And then um, a guy named Abraham Kuyper said, uh, there's not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. He is over it all, right? He's got all the power. <laughs> Everybody else is a pretender in, in, in the light of that, right? And, and so he is, man, all powerful. And and here's why I said, let's pause on he can do anything. Because if we didn't know the character of God, this would be really bad news. <laughs> that, that there is someone who we cannot trust, who is running around the universe and he's everywhere at once and he's outside of time and he's got all the power and who knows what he's going to do next, right? That, that, like that would actually be really terrible news. But this is incredibly good and beautiful news because we know the character of God. And, and if you're here and, and you don't know the Lord, man, the, the character of God is most clearly revealed in the cross of Christ. That God the Father sent God the Son to us. Uh, the Bible's gonna say, while we were yet sinners. So like on your worst possible day. He sent Jesus to us that we might know life. And the way that that happened is that Jesus willingly laid down his life for us on a cross and was crucified, buried, and on the third day, this is crazy if you don't know the story, got out of the grave, right, defeated death, overcame hell, overcame darkness, overcame our wickedness, and continues to, like we just talked about in that cartoon video, right, sit at the right hand of the Father and rule for all eternity. Crazy. We know the character of God. And so this, like, all-powerful, um, all outside of time, man, over everything being, here's the cool news that we're going to see in this passage, decided that you were worthwhile. That's awesome. That, like, he could have made anything. You get that? Like, he, he could have gone, man, oh, we're going to pass on this one right? Like he's got the power and ability to do that. And, and wherever you're at, like if you're struggling, if you're depressed, if you're down, if you're anxious, if you wake up and you go, life isn't worth it right now, God said it was. 
And God shows you. Like whether you, listen, whether you choose him or not, like he knows that some people that he creates are going to choose to not choose him, are going to walk away from him forever, and he still chose to make you. Knowing, knowing that you would choose that. Crazy. And I just want you to know how deeply known and loved you are. That God, the ruler of the universe, this infinite being, like, like here's the deal. In college, I had horrible roommates, you guys. But I don't know if anybody had horrible roommates in college. Um, I would routinely come home from going to my parents' house just to get out and find dip cups under my bed. Like, what are you doing? What is going on here that I, like, I, man, just the, I couldn't even tell you most of the stories because they're horrific, but, but I had the worst roommates, and the reason I went to live with them is because I did not know. The end of the Christian narrative is that we go to live with God forever. God chose you as a roommate, you guys. <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know how, like, I know that sounds silly, but he wants you with him. Forever, And I, I just think what a gift that the God who knows us is all-powerful chooses us not, not to just be saved and then go in the other room, but, but to be with him for eternity. And so we find hope and purpose in who God is. We find hope and purpose in who God says we are. We find hope and purpose in who God says we are. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. If God, being the all-knowing, all-powerful God that he is, if he's going to tell us some things about ourselves, then that's who I want to listen to. And we get to hear from him in the Bible and and in our hearts. And man, through community, Christian community, you should be involved in some form of Christian community. Like, I think you should know other believers. And here's why. They're going to remind you who you are in Jesus. They're going to tell you when you come to them and you're like, oh, man, I stink. Like, I'm the worst. They're going to go, yeah, you're not wrong, but Jesus loves you, and like, <laughs> you made a mess of it. You're super right about that, but that doesn't change who you are in Jesus. It doesn't, you guys. And, and so when you get in that Christian community, um, we need to re- be reminded of who God says we are, that we are, regardless of what we believe that day, wonderfully and fearfully made, wonderful of God, are God's works, and I happen to be one of them, right? That we are this work that, that he is describing. My frame was not hidden from you. My days were written before I knew him. You knew what was going to happen, and you chose me anyways, God. You gave me life anyways. And so out of this creative love, God creates us. And, and I just, I think it would be totally reasonable to feel lost and anxious during the season. Absolutely. But, but I also think, like if we're believers, I, I want to encourage you. Like if you're being disobedient and not listening to the Lord, that's one thing. Totally. Like different conversation. Here's what I want to say, though. If you're in this season and you're going, what if I miss God's call? Like, what if I miss what I'm supposed to be doing right now? I just want to encourage you. If you're listening to the Lord and seeking him, he, he's not keeping the, the cards to his chest, you guys. Like, he's, he's going to reveal what he wants you to do. And so here's the, the thing that we get to do. We don't look back on the past six months and go, oh, man, I wish I had done this thing, right? Like if God wanted you to do it, he'd, he'd reveal it to you. 
if, if you're actively communicating with the Lord, right? There's asterisk, but, but he's not going to be hiding anything from you, right? And, and so I just, I just want to encourage you in that. And, and I think a real bummer is if we didn't realize that God is orchestrating this season at a certain level. And, and, and hear me out on that. Like, I'm not saying like the Lord was like, ha, Corona, got him. <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that for you personally, that, that whatever you believe, God has you here in this season, and I don't want you to miss out on what he wants you to do. And, and here's, here's just one small example of that. What if, like right now, life slowed down a little bit for you? And all of a sudden, like whether you wanted it or not, <laughs> like, like maybe you lost your job. Maybe your kids are suddenly home from school. Lord, help us, right? Like, like maybe you, you have some time and God has orchestrated this season for you to get some rest and spend t- some time with your family. Like, what if God did that? How much of a bummer would it be if instead of doing that, we spent the whole time in this anxiety loop, frustrated, wondering what our purpose is, and then in January, when stuff kicks off again or whatever, like whenever we get to the, quote, other side of this thing, whatever that looks like and whenever that is, like, wouldn't it be a bummer to look back and go, oh my goodness, I wasted it being anxious, but the Lord orchestrates our lives, and so we don't have to worry. We get, we get to trust Him. The, the last uh, thing that I, that I really want you to see in this passage is this. We find hope in purpose and purpose in being known by God. We find hope and purpose in being known by God. Um, here's, I, I want to be honest with you, uh, just about me for a second. I've been married for man, three and a half years now, which I know for some of you guys is like, man, that's a joke. Like, call me when you're at 30, right? Like, like I know some of y'all are here and you're like, amateur. And you're not wrong, okay? But, but here's, I, I think when I, when I got married, I had this ex- expectation that, that I would grow deeply more comfortable with the person I really am. And here's what I have found, and maybe this is true for you. There are still days when, when like a dark, just twisted kind of thought rolls through my head or I do something stupid and I get caught. And I, and I think to myself, man, if you knew the real me, you'd be out. You'd, you'd be over this thing. You, you wouldn't want to be a part of this any longer. Like if you knew like the depth of who I really was, Right? Like, then, then I'd be out. And, and here is the promise that we have in Scripture, it, it, at least from the Bible. Like, I don't know how you feel, but, but the Bible's going to say, man, that, that God looks at us in our, like, sinful lostness. And, and there's a moment when Jesus is looking at these people out on a hill, and it, it says, um, with compassion, looking at these people like sheep without a shepherd, right? Like he looks at us with compassion and he loves us right where we are, no matter like our depths, because he's actually pulling us out of those depths. He's transforming us and he's making us new and he's changing us and he's working on our hearts and he's working on this like sinful, wicked patterns and the anxiety and the frustration, like all of that. He's transforming and making new. And our hope in that is that we're known by God. I love it. It it actually, like the passage ends and begins with being known by God. Um, In 
in verse one, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. And then the very last section, 23 and 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And then there's this interesting line. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting, right? And, and here's what's interesting about that. See if there be any grievous way in me. What's he asking the Lord to do there? Hey, reveal where I am not walking in your will. Reveal as you search me because you know me, reveal where I'm a little bit off. Because here's the deal, y'all. If we believe that our hope is in looking more like Jesus, in following Jesus, because he orchestrates our days, then, then the thing that we want God to do is expose where we're broken and start to work on it expose where we're a little bit jacked up. Some of us had that in this season, <laughs> like we were walking along doing good because we had all these other outs, and then all of a sudden things changed, and it's like, man, I'm more selfish than I thought I was. <laughs> I am more uh, anxious than I thought I was. And so our hope is actually that God would see that, that he would look at that, and, and then start to reveal that to us and change us from the inside out. That's our hope in the middle of this. Because when he um, lovingly exposes our sin because he wants the best for us, that is an invitation. Here it is. It's an invitation to return to him. It's an invitation in that moment to not run and, and do the let's cover this thing up or, or let's find another 12 things that we can fill our life with or, or let's um, send off another social media post or whatever your thing is or, or cover it up, let's be real, with um, Netflix or alcohol or a new relationship or a new accomplishment. Let's, let's instead of like ignoring the thing that's broken and hurting, let's actually in the middle of this return to the all-knowing, everywhere, all-powerful king of the universe who can fix anything. That's the God we serve. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for tonight and for your word, for your just encouragement and hope and purpose that you give us, God, because you're good, because you know us. God, for every person in this room right now, who is just gasping for every person online right now who, who is gasping for purpose and hope. God, I pray that you would right now secure their heart to you, Jesus. Fill them with peace. You are the God of all comfort. And so God, comfort your people. Help us to where we see brokenness, where we see weakness, know that you saw it first and that you are calling it out of us, God, that you are healing us, uh, making us new, restoring us, giving us peace, restoring our hope. God, we love you. We need you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at